This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hey there, welcome to another episode of my series on Seneca's writings. Now, I feel like at this point I should call this something. I know that on YouTube I call it uh, Thinking with Seneca. Maybe I should just refer to that instead of starting each episode by saying welcome to my series on Seneca's writings, a description rather than a title, but uh, I'll work on it. I'll see what I want to name this over the long run because this is going to be... uh, hundreds of episodes, which I'm very quickly finding out. You know, when I started this this whole series, I, I was thinking, cool, maybe I'd do like one or two episodes per letter, but each letter is just so rich in in beautiful philosophy that can teach us so much about, about how to live a meaningful, wonderful life that uh, <laughs> there's no possible way that I can just do one episode for each each uh, each letter. So, I'm enjoying it. And I'm loving what I'm learning, and I hope that you are too. So, uh, anyway, nonetheless, let us dive into today's episode. And today I was going to be discussing uh, a little bit more, I believe, in letter seven, but then I realized that I actually skipped over a whole bunch of good stuff that we can find in letter number six and early on in letter number seven. So, uh, I'm actually going to have to jump back in the series and 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 uh, see if we can uh, reclaim the value that we almost left behind behind. But today I'm focusing on the third verse of letter number six on sharing knowledge. So the quote goes as follows, quote, I can show you many who have lacked not a friend, but friendship. This, however, cannot possibly happen when souls are drawn together by identical inclinations into an alliance of honorable desires. And why can it not happen? Because in such cases, men know that they have all things in common, especially their troubles. End quote. So there's many things that I really like about this very short passage. I guess one of the first things that I really like is that Seneca's making the point that there is a distinction between having a friend and having friendship. And I just really like thinking about that. I think it's something to meditate on in your own life. You know, think about the people who you associate with most often. You may have many friends who, who you know, you would gladly have a conversation with if you came across them in the street or, you know, if, if, if you would gather together with them every so often and see how they're doing and they see how you're doing, that sort of, that sort of friendship. But uh, th- there's a different kind of friendship that Seneca is talking about here. And, and we're going to dive into that a lot more as we go through this series, I know, because Seneca talks a lot about friendship. But I just like that he's kind of thinking about, well, what does it really mean to have friendship? What is that? How is it different from just having an acquaintance or a friend? And I think that the best way that I can interpret Seneca's writing here is to say that he sees friendship as the mutual bonding of two people who bring out the best in each other. You know, do you bring out the best of your friend, as in aiming at the good, the best of their potential? And do they do the same for you? Do they bring out your best? And do they seek to bring out your best? 
So he says that essentially two souls cannot be drawn apart if they are brought together by a mutual inclination and an alliance of honorable desires, right? And I I think that that's a, a really beautiful way of viewing friendship, right? Two people who genuinely want the best for each other. And Seneca adds to this by saying that these two people would understand that they have everything in common, including their troubles, right? And this really fits with the way that Seneca writes his letters, right? Because what he's really trying to do is, like he says in one of his letters, I cannot remember which one, uh, but he says that, you know, think of me not as some perfect person telling you what to do, but think of me as, you know, a, a patient in the same hospital as you, lying in the bed next to you, just talking to you about how we're both trying to get better, right? And I think that that's what he's trying to get at here. There's there's a real humility in that kind of friendship, but there's also the understanding that we're, you know, we're trying to become something, whether it's together or individually, but we both see within each other that we have that potential to become something. And that we also see in each other that we both share in troubles, trials, things that we're dealing with in our life, faults that we're trying to correct. And so if you recognize that you both have those faults or those troubles, but you also both have those honorable desires towards worthy aims, aiming higher in life, trying to become something, then what will happen is you'll both forgive each other's failings, right, which is necessary, but you also celebrate each other's successes, right? And that is such a beautiful combination in terms of development and growth in our lives. And all of this is not to say that true friendship is all about personal growth and all about changing and becoming better and this sort of stuff, but but, you know, it's so helpful and meaningful and rich when you have that person in your, in your life who you can tell the truth to all the time and they can tell you the truth and they can point out when they think that you're not living up to your potential and you can do the same to them. But you can also both forgive each other because you understand that you're both on that exact same path, Right. And this is kind of similar to what Epictetus taught about, you know, personal growth being a mixture of self-scrutiny and also self-forgiveness. It's almost like if you plant that kind of that kind of strategy over your friendship, then what you get is this perfectly harmonious relationship where you're both working for each other's best interests and you're both giving each other the necessary understanding, right, which is going to allow you to not be held back by that all-too-human inclination that we have to, you know, hold on to our failures or, or, or our setbacks or the things that we did wrong or the ways that we didn't live up to our potential. And look, I may be reading way too much into this very simple quote from Seneca, but there's really something about the, the fact that he says an alliance of honorable desires, you know, trying to aim at the good, trying to be the best that you could be, you know, trying to see how far you can progress in your development of your character and, and how the friendship can help you to flourish and to allow that to take place. Right. And I really do think that true friendship is, is, is honestly one of the most effective ways to engage in personal growth and to become a better person. Right. You know, there's that saying that, uh, that, you know, when you're, when you've got a friend, you either go down to their level or they come up to yours or vice versa. You know, they go down to your level or, or you come up to theirs. And I really do think that that's true. But if, if both of you decide that, 
you know, we are going to encourage each other to, to be the best that we could be. That's a friendship that can flourish while you are both flourishing individually as well. And I think that there's a couple of other things to say here, you know, because I, I can only speak really from experience in my life. And I know that the the friendships that I have, uh, you know, where we do have that common aim of, of trying to grow, progress, to become better. Uh, you know, we are very honest with each other, uh, tell each other anything, you know, and, and also tell each other when we are not living up to our potential. And, and, and also, like Seneca's talking about here, you know, uh, having that forgiveness as well. I know that the friendships who are, that I have in my life that are like that are so rich and meaningful to me. And, and they're the kinds of friendships that even if, you know, you don't speak to them for quite a while, when you get back together, it's like nothing ever happened. It's like nothing happened and you can just immediately pick up where you left off. That's the kind of friendship that I, I really, really love. And, you know, I even think of, of one of my friends recently uh, who, you know, I shared a piece of writing with him that I had done and, you know, we went out for coffee and, and I wanted to get his feedback on it. And, and I said, listen, be as honest with me as you possibly can. Cause I'm, I want to hear anything that you have to say about this. And he said, yep, that's the only way I know how to be right. And it, it was so great to, to have that person who I can trust will give me an honest perspective about what it is that I'm doing and whether they think it's really living up to where my potential is. And, and, and that's the kind of friendship that you can really trust in. It's a firm foundation for your friendship. So anyway, again, I, I hope that I'm not reading way too much into Seneca's little passage here. Uh, but, you know, as we go through the rest of this letter, there will definitely be some other interesting aspects of this idea that will come to light. But uh, I hope that what I've shared, nonetheless, is valuable to you and it helps you to meditate on the friendships that you have in your own life. You know, do you feel like you have friendships where you are both uh, aimed at the good? You know, do you feel like you have friends who encourage you to be the best possible version of yourself that you can be? Do you have friends who will point out to you when you're not living up to your potential? And do you have friends who will also forgive you when you haven't lived up to that potential? You know, life is way too difficult to get through it alone, right? We need people around us. And, and I would say that to the extent that you're able to cultivate this kind of honest relationship where you're both aimed at the good... Uh, you know, you will find richer relationships with people, you know, greater relationships with people, and you will feel that flourishing relationship come to life. So I hope you've taken away a few things from this episode, and I will talk to you next time.